Episode 38 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat. It's a cracker of a show this week. We had Ryan Crawford, a.k.a. the cameraman, a.k.a. the white Kenyan. He was one of the best Thai boxers around in his weight class. He's transitioned from Thai boxing to running, and now he's one of the best ultra runners in the country. He's got a really interesting story. Uh, we we're all pretty excited to have him on this week. Also, don't forget, this coming Sunday is the Red Run Trek to Health Fun Run. It's a 8.5K run, walk or jog around the Inogra Reservoir. Uh, check it out online. I'll put the link in the show notes and uh, enjoy this show with the legendary cameraman. Welcome to the show, Ryan Crawford, the cameraman. Thanks, uh, mate. Thanks for joining us, mate. We talk about you on the show all the time. I guess first question off the bat, might as well get it out of the way. We were talking about this the other day. How did you get the name cameraman? <laughs> well, Malcolm Anderson, the uh, first trainer, gave me that, actually. Um, I was at a fight show. I'd only just started doing the tie boxing and probably only... I uh, would have been only three months kind of thing, four months. And I was with a mate and we were just, I was pretty new into it. Like I knew Eli and stuff from Mad X and that, but I was still like living in Brisbane at the time. And I just thought, oh, I would just go along. And it was Malcolm's last kind of show that he did. And it was just a little show out of Petrie there. And the, the actual cameraman for the event to film it didn't rock up. And I, at that stage, you know, I'd just got a video camera and I'd started going to a couple of the shows, like the Evolutions and stuff. And I'd always take your camera and, you know, think, oh, well, that way I can watch it later on and have a look at the event later on and end up getting on the beers pretty good. And I was like, just like, relaxing and having a barbie, you know, they had a barbie going outside and we're drinking and, you know, watching the show before the show started to carry on. And then my trainer come up to me and goes, oh, Ryan, the cameraman hasn't rocked up. Like, is there any chance you could um, film? Because he's seen I had a video camera. And I'm like, oh, well, not really. You know, I kind of come here just to watch the show. I don't really want to be on the, you know. Well, he goes, oh, no, you can still have a drink and that. Just keep it down. And, you know, to cut the short story, you know, so it's not too long, I ended up just getting pretty wild. And I was in, the, like, half hanging in the ring with the video camera with a VB in one hand. And I remember just yelling and screaming and like, come on. Like just, I was, I got way out of control and all bullet and that. They all wanted to kill me at the time. And I didn't know any of them. And, and I probably got way too carried away. And it was, you know, cause it's only a small amateur show. So like a lot of the, you know, younger fighters and, you know, people were like, who is this guy? And, and anyway, like I finished that and I went back and then, then when I'm back to training next week, like had to, you know, face, face, face up to the music and everyone was off me. 
and I went in and everyone just disciplined me. I did go out, like everyone come out with the pads and who, who thought this guy disrespected you? And they made me do like 50 knees. And I think basically the whole class oh, come out. Killed you. Had to do, yeah, just drilled me hundreds of knees. And ever since that, the <laughs> Malcolm's like, I'm going to call you the bloody cameraman. And because he's such a known, you know, Malcolm throughout, you know, the world of yeah. bloody martial arts in Australia. I just thought, oh, I'll keep that as my name. That's a nice earned nickname. <laughs> oh, well, we were all wrong because we, we had all different theories to what yeah. it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't one I created myself or anything like that. I just literally kept it because he gave it to me and bullet with that. And they all just had a crack up because they, you know, seen that I faced the music and they were, you know, basically gave me respect because I, you know, I came back and apologized. And, and ever since that, I thought, oh, well, that's a good fight name if I go down that avenue. And so I've kept it ever since. How old were you when you started fighting, right? Oh, it wasn't actually that young. I can't really, I don't know. I think in 2005, I kind of started. Yeah, okay. So it was in, yeah, 20-something, 20 24. Yeah, I'm How many fights did you have? I had 24. So 24 oh. fights, 20 wins. Yeah, nice. And, you know, kind of back then, it just transitioned into, like, you know, you're fighting amateur, and the next thing you know, you're just fighting pros. So it wasn't really, like, all of a sudden, I just started again and had my fight career as pro onwards. It kind of yeah. just all mold, molded into one, Not as together. it kind of does in Thai boxing a bit. So, yeah, so, I had double the amounts of fights, but I just, you know, as it is with life and work, I yeah. just chose to just pick and choose when I wanted to fight. So, when did you start training with the Maddox, Jim? I think I had my first six fights with Malcolm. So, and then I knew the boys from up there because my parents lived just around the corner. So I always knew of them and that, and we were always friends with them through school and stuff and with other mates that I um, hanged around. And and then I just thought after my six fights, I just like, I started to see that, you know, everyone's good. And at that stage, Malcolm, you know, his gym was only open two days a week. It was just in a little community hall. So I was like, you know, I'm starting to get, I was doing like the only reason I was actually winning because I was doing so much of my own self-training and that's kind of where the self-motivation started. And I was like, you know, because I was, I had the first couple of fights. I fought Strike Force and Boon Chew, oh, and I knew, who, yeah, yeah, I knew who their trainers were and all that. So I was just like, man, I've got to train the house down. And I just started doing that. And they, I know, they all underestimated me and thought like, oh, blood axe, you know, they got no dojo yeah. really, and and then they just end up, yeah, getting the wins and that. But then I just kind of knew I just had to step it up. So I decided to make that move up the sunny coast and. Yeah, join Eli and Taylor and all that because they, you know, at that stage there was only like ten of them there because it was just a full fight gym, but they were all pro fighters. So I just got the relentless training with Paul and Eli. So once I went there, it just pretty much, you know, the, the, my training and my whole ability and everything skyrocketed. I guess. So. Man, shout out Eli Madigan as well. What a fighter he was. Oh, like, yeah, he the was mad the, dog, bloody oh. <laughs> oh, man. He was on a tear yeah. there, wasn't he? Through the sort of like mid 2000s. Yeah. Just stopping everyone. Just an animal. He just was always, always fighting like, uh, um, uh, evolution, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. There's some great wars at evolution. Oh, absolutely. And just any, that's what probably, you know, with our Jim Maddox got renowned for is because we always, like, how you see us at the fight. I don't know if you've seen much of my fights, but, you know, Eli was obviously a much cleaner and that, but like the reason why, because like we always trained and fought like and sparred that hard. Like even though we're all mates, like when we sparred in the gym, like every session, everyone was getting hammered, like, you know, blood nose or, you know, like yeah. you basically were yeah. fighting already. So yeah. like when we got in the ring, it was just like, yeah, you knew you're fighting it a bit harder and whatnot, but 
we were all just so conditioned because we'd already used to been punishing each other. And, and with Paul, it was the same kind of, you know, with the tie pads, just relentless training. So that's definitely what helped us. So that's probably how you've, um, you got so mentally tough. Oh, definitely. Helped yeah. you with the ultras and stuff. Yeah, I, I dare say it's definitely been a big part of it, you know, and that, and you know, yourself, like just even getting in the ring, like the discipline, you got to have your mindset. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who you fight, you know, every fight's going to be tough, you know, especially once you start seeing who they are and they are yeah. actually good fighters. You've seen them fight before, and, you know, it takes a lot of discipline and mental strength to get your mind ready for that. It's a good thing, isn't it? Bad yeah. thing, is it? Like YouTube and social media, you get to see who you're going to fight and people get to see you. And then, yeah. you know, they see like, uh, they might Absolutely. see a couple of videos and you might lose a few opponents. And then, yeah. um, I think in my last, my last fight, I think I lost four opponents in the space of two weeks. Yeah. And then someone happened to be flying up and they said, oh, look, this guy fight for the Australian title because he's coming up anyway with us. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, I need someone to fight with. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It always sometimes when the short and a change around, that definitely can stuff you around too. And that's another mental side you got to get used to when you prepare for someone else and and the YouTube as well. Like same as me. Like I've got all my DVDs and they're all on the fight shows and different. You know, Bullet had all these um, apps and you know little areas where you could watch all your fights. But the only YouTube. Sh um, fight to come up on mine was my worst fight ever. It was when I fought that Lewis Regis in Sydney and I got beaten by leg kicks in the, that's the only one on YouTube. So I know when everyone ever types it in, they just look at that and go, oh yeah, sweet. Okay, this is how he fights. But you know, it's probably your worst performance to date. Yeah. So it doesn't really, you know, always do you justice. But I know like John Wayne and people like that, because they've seen him fight so many times, they can definitely study you and see, see what you do and stuff. So mate, you got to the end of your fight career. Like, how did you transition from fighting to running? Was you running at Thai boxing for training and then it just sort of yeah. changed or? Basically well, transitioned see, into, the, into the White Canyon, as they call you. Yeah, pretty much. We thought we had the cameraman. We got it. You know, my wife gave me that. I was running <laughs> ridiculous amounts. She's like, I'm call you a bloody White Canyon. You're like a bloody Canyon. And so I was like, oh, we'll keep that. That'll be something different. We'll mold that into the running scene. Yeah. But yeah, yeah basically just because... um. I was always known for in the Thai boxing for running heaps anyway. Like I, I was for the extra added extras. So I'd be doing runs every single day, but I would just be only doing like the 10 Ks, you know, I'd, I'd probably do like eight or 10 in the morning. And then when I'd, I'd go up early to the gym at Mad X and I'd try to get another, you know, six or eight to 10, whatever, like no more than 10 again. So I'd never go any more than, you know, 18 to 20 Ks in a day, but I'd always heaps. have Oh, it was still heat and even Eli and all that. Like, man, what are you, you're a madman? Like, just thinking because they, you know, everyone hated running. Like, most people yeah. don't. And I just thought, oh, I've got to do everything I possibly can to try to keep up with them, even like, you know, even the spar and just trying to just keep up and getting improving. So I was always looking for those ways. And I just found that, you know, Paul, we used to go down the Oval and do the sprints as well on sad days and stuff. But nowadays, I, you know, obviously I was just doing more of the longer stuff. And, and then I kind of just, I don't know, like I was saying to you earlier, I just made that decision. I was looking for something different and I kind of got to the stage where even before I started doing the ultras, those last couple of fights, I was always like, oh, I don't know, this is probably my last one. I was just getting to the stage and, you know, it's tougher on the family. Or like, You're always away, you know, six days a week and it was always night classes. So it was like I was nearly working away and, you know, you do that for years and years. You start to miss out on a lot of stuff and 
I just thought it's something different, honestly. And that's pretty much what made me, I just gave it a go. And I did that 100K run, that uh, Dust Till Dawn. Like, I know a lot of people have already heard that one before. But when I kind of did that one, that one nearly killed me. It was like 100K. And I thought, oh, how hard can it be? And I hadn't done a marathon or anything. Hang on, one, hang on one sec. So, yeah, yeah, that was the first race you'd ever done was a 100K yeah. race. I just signed up to the 100K. And thought, oh, <laughs> so that how was, hard was that 2018. I've got a, I, I get the Trail Run magazine and they had a, Oh, was it last year? Or they had a, they had a, they did an article on you, yeah. as you'll know. And it lists. Yeah. If I, I'll be here for about half an hour. If I have to list everything you've won, or like yeah, everything you've won, they give all your first places. But there's 2018. That's the 100k Kabulcha, was it? The um, yeah, Dust Till Dawn, yeah, yeah, historical village. Dawn. Hang on, you've got to take that a little bit further because that's a mental game in itself. I, I did the 25k there, and yeah. Ryan, how many laps of that bloody historical village did you do for 100? I don't know, but I just remember because it was the first event. I'm just running around. And you just look at that clock, and it's like one lap, two lap, whatever it is. And I remember yeah. thinking, "Man, this is torturous." <laughs> like, yeah, I can't exactly remember how many laps it was. I'm pretty sure it was like um, well, five, each one was 500, 500 meters, 500 so meters, whatever. Oh. So you did 200 laps. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. And it's and and every every air on the air they turn you around the other way. So that's one it. Way, you go the other way. One way was hours. like slightly sort of turn around. It's quite wet too, wasn't it? We got a storm, was it? I think so, so yeah. Yeah. And so then, what um, made you want to go and start like obviously you you obviously enjoyed running from the from training, yeah, tie boxing training. What then did you go like you gave up the tie boxing and then just went, Oh, I'm just gonna run now. Was it was Well, it, I didn't or... really to be honest at the start. That's the thing. I still after I just I didn't even I don't even really like running. That was the funniest thing too. Like I don't it wasn't like, Oh yeah, I love running, let's go find running events. I was just more for the mental side of like the challenges and I just thought you know, like how I wondered what that would be like at that stage. Like I remember, you know, that was when Goggins first started coming, like poking his head in and I kind of just discovered that and seeing he was talking about running and I thought, oh yeah, I wonder what that would be like just doing an event, you know, like where you're pushing your boundaries. And I just literally just, yeah, just rocked up and tried to give it a run. And and then I, I finished it, like I said, nearly killed me. But after I did that, I actually had another fight, like two, I think, maybe a month later or something. Yes. And then I did another little thing. And I think I had another, I did one, two fights that year as well. So I was doing a couple of, I did the Sunshine Coast seven marathon. And then about another month later, I had, a, had my last fight and I fought my tie for the last one. And, and after that, I just decided, cause I was doing both at the same time with the running. And I was kind of getting more of a buzz out of the running. I thought like, this is epic how much it was testing me and just like fighting against myself. Like I'm not actually lining up to like, right, me versus you it became just like this war against myself. Like I didn't, I didn't ever expect I'd even be winning or even going in it to win or anything. I just thought, you know, when I was out there, I was just like literally just battling myself. And I just started getting like, just thinking like, this is epic. <laughs> like just trying so to So that hundred K was, was second and third pretty close or how far behind were they? Um, I, I think in that one, that year, there wasn't all that much of a field, if I recall. Like, because you know how there's that there's that many different categories in that one. There's relays, there's six hour, there's twelve hour, there's so team people can run, you know, twenty k. Then your mate can run twenty k. It's kind of pretty laid back. Mm. There was a few in there, I know that, but I like I said, that was my first event. I knew no one. I knew nothing about who was good at running. I just kept motoring around that course and just literally doing the best I possibly could. And honestly, I don't even know how far behind the second place was, but I just remember obviously as it went on, I thought, far out, I'm in fit. Like it comes up with a number next to your name. I thought I'm in first, but yeah. I nearly quit a few times on that. I was just broken. 
because you I did just, it two yeah. years later you did it and took like an hour off your time yeah at least i think yeah about an hour or something i remember I, that's i wanted to go back because i thought i want to go back when i've actually put in the work before i thought i've got to be i got i think i got nine hours 30 or something or something like that or 940 or whatever Nine fourteen in 18 2018 and then oh, that's right. what they're saying yeah and then they're saying 8 17 in t- yeah. 2020 Wow. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, so now, so, but I remember I definitely hooked in on that second time I went back and I you went was more consistent. Fast. Yeah, I was How many motoring K's? around. Quite man. a few Ks in an hour, isn't it? It's like 12K an hour. Yeah, I was definitely, yeah, putting the pressure on to try to, I wanted to definitely make sure I beat me record. Does it still run? Does that event still run? Yeah, yeah, no, they still do it. I've even been tempted to go to. back again, but. It's out of Tagulawa, Tagulawa now. Well, they've changed it a few times, I think, because they've had issues with different stuff at the time when they went to do it. But, yeah, I think they have done the last couple out that way. Yeah. Is it still that kind of 500-meter Same, loop? same, yeah. It's around the showgrounds yeah. out at Tagulawa. Yep. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, family-orientated one and, like, chilled, you know, laid back. You get to but... see your supporters and you get to see, you know, and if if there's something happens, you're not feeling too great. At least you've got, yeah. you know, a toilet or something nearby or, you know, there's people can help you. You're not out yeah. in the middle of nowhere and go, oh, I want to quit. And it's like, oh, it's a long walk back home. Yeah. Well, that's, so, you know, on the first time I rocked up by myself and I was just like, literally had some like slice that was dry as and had no idea about nutrition and just made some few little things. And it was the dumbest thing. It would I'd have ever been done. like Goggins when he did that, when he did that hundred miler or whatever. Yeah, he it was pretty much seat exactly shit like himself that. and everything. <laughs> Except I wasn't peeing blood and anything like that. I was just, yeah. I was just bloody sorry for myself and i just i remember thinking i just i felt like jumping in the car and driving home like this is at about 60k with everything and i'm done and i just remember just fighting myself like you can't quit like and just kept persevering and then before i know it I just got closer and closer to the end and managed to finish it but i remember i could barely walk back to the car after it, and that's what kind of got me hooked i remember thinking i couldn't tell what was worse when i got you know had this shit kicked out of me for five rounds or just running 100k and i was Pretty much the only difference was I didn't have swollen shins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, was going to be my question. So running your first 100K as your first big event and then yeah. fighting, how did the body pull up after that? Oh, I was destroyed. Like Honestly, like I, my brother, they come out towards the last, I think, 30K of it and he brought me some watermelon and stuff and I was telling him how, you know, broken I was and even he was encouraging, like, man, you can't quit. And so, I, you know, persevered. And I finished, I don't know what time it was, early in the morning and, I remember just like hopping back to the car. I was so butch and it was just agony in the car. Yeah. And we just, I mean, drove back to Karoi there and it was like a good hour drive and just stayed up all night, you know, because it was the time we got back at the sunrise. But I remember just having a smoothie, but I was cooked. Like you, it got, took me- you guys have never run it. That starts, at, I think, at five in the, or six in the afternoon. And it's almost summer, I think. So yeah. basically you're starting on, on, and it's really humid and hot still because the sun's only just gone down. Or yeah. just going down, and then you take off, and basically the first hour or so is light, and then it just goes into darkness, and you're just running around the track with a few lights lighting up the corners and stuff. Yeah, and everyone, you know, that's you know, everyone had all their crews and their tables set up. That was the first taste of like thinking, looking around, going like, you know, I'm the odd one out here. Like, you know, you don't know what everyone else is doing, but people did have the crews and the teams with all their table setups and stuff. Yeah. And I remember thinking, far out, I definitely should have brought some more stuff out here. <laughs> They would have done ninety percent of that in the dark too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I finished early in the night there. So that's crazy. It was, only, it was, no, it was a good mission though. 
So what is it that motivates you to, because there's a lot of people that run, they go, oh yeah, I'd never, I'd never want to do a marathon or a half marathon, you know, but you've gone like the full hog and gone to like the hundred milers and then the last man standing where just at the team yeah. world, you got like 75 hours of uh, 75 <laughs> laps. Uh, what, what is it that uh, you just, do you think that, is it because you're a, you're a fighter and you do that challenge or you just want to push yourself as far as you can? What do you think it is that makes you want to, go to doing those kind of like ultra um, yeah well it's just me really i just i you know i st started off when i did that 100k and was you know i picked i was just thinking oh what other events are close and that's when i discovered and met alan and that was triple a racing and started doing the wild horse criteriums and that because they were all close and you know they were 50ks and they you know had a couple of there was an 80k and you know 55 and i started doing a few of them and you know, and then I just, I don't know, the more I got into it, the more I just started, I just didn't want to just stay on like, oh, I want to be a competitive 50K or 100K. I just started getting hungry to see what else I could pull off. And like these days for myself, like I don't even like short events anymore. Like I just want to find the, like I wish there was a race that went for like, you know, a thousand Ks or a 500 Ks and just, you know, and ones that I can just like really, you know, I know they don't do them like that because they're just too much to organize, but just things that <laughs> challenge me to that I, can, I don't even know if I can finish it. And, you know, that's why I pick all the hard races, really, like all the 100 miles, like the BTUs. And, you know, when I see those races like come up, I don't ever look at any of the smaller ones. It's not because I don't appreciate what other people do. I just want to try to find the hardest challenge in there that's going to test me. Even though I know I could do a 50K in the BTU and still butcher you. But I just like to, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just seem to want to dive in deeper to see see what I can actually possibly pull off. And and to me, I just think that I'm not even beginning to scratch the surface. Like, you know, look at the last one standings, for instance. Like, you know, when I started, you know, you get the 30, you know, the 24, 35 hours and, you know, you start evolving from then. And then, like you said, recently 75. And now all of a sudden, you know, the world record just got the 101. And I believe that I can get into the hundreds now. Like I see that I'm now in reach of getting the hundred, you know, a hundred hours straight. And, and then it just starts to make me think like, you know, you know, what can you do? And I've, I don't know. I've just got that self hunger for myself, I guess. And had a few things that happened in my life earlier on, like as I was starting to, you know, phase out of the tie boxing and I just made a promise to myself that I was going to give it everything on, you know, when I started doing this ultra journey, I just said to myself that I'm going to put it all on the table and see what I can achieve. And I just haven't broke that promise yet. So yeah. we're still going. Yeah, <laughs> so you're still when, going. You, when you look into these events, Ryan, do you, um, same as the, the, the tie boxing, like you obviously know who you're fighting and have a bit of a background. Do you know names in the running now that you've been in it for a bit? So do you look at names that you're competing against as such? Yeah. Like I do now, obviously know who's, like, you know, I've met a lot of the runners out there, you know, through the, all the events I've done because I've just thrown myself in one after the other. And I don't actually, like, when I sign up the event, don't go looking and go, oh, I wonder, you know, who's in it mm. that I'm against. It's yeah. only as it gets, you know, closer to the weeks. I might, you know, in the Instagram, Facebook, I might see like, oh, Nolas or someone, oh, Barry's doing it or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. If I'm in communication with them and that, because I'm friends with a lot of them. So some of them are like, we already know we're doing it. But the same thing again, like, I, I just don't do these challenges for against you know you or whatever like this is just strictly against me so yeah. even if i'm against the best runner there is like i don't even care like i'll just go out and do what i do every time and that's just give a hundred percent and if they beat me they beat me whatever and if i win i win i don't care like it's just just basically against myself so I, you know so you I've don't, got doesn't, against, 
doesn't come What's across that? you at any stage to sort of seed yourself against everyone or you just go out and just give it everything to see how you sort of perform on the day? Yeah, not not really, really, eh? Like, I've, you know, I've had a few where I know there's a couple of good in there, you know, when, you know, certain, you know, 100Ks and 100 milers, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good battle. And I always prepare and think, sweet, like I know that they're going to be in there, you know, right on my tail or we're going to be running together. So that way, you know, you know, you've got that challenge to push each other. You know, I'll chat with any of them. Like, and if, you know, if someone, you know, like it was only recently when I just come off the um, the 59 hours with Kevin that I rolled straight in to do the glass house 100 miler. And I know bloody um, Nolas, you know, pretty well from all the events too. And, you know, he was out there and, you know, that was for the, you know, the national championship of that 100 glass house 100. And, you know, I just did my best to, you know, try to keep up, you know, I was in front at the start and then I seen him on my tail and he, and he caught up to me. So I'm just chatting to him. And I could see that he was stronger, like as in, you know, a lot more fresher in the legs. You know, I'd just done 400Ks from the race for the 59 hours. And, you know, I did, I even talked to him and said, look, man, I can't keep with you today, bro. Like you just, you know, you go ahead, you just do your race. And, you know, we chatted for about 10K. And and then after that, like, you know, he goes ahead and I just do me and just, you know, I think, oh, maybe I can catch up a bit, but, you know, probably not and just keep pushing. And that's how I kind of roll, like. I don't get yep. down like, oh, someone's in front or someone's catching me. If they catch me, it's because, you know, they're stronger on the day and, you know, good on them. So. Ryan, you popped up on my radar because like I'm in a running club on the North side of Brisbane and we're in like big Facebook groups and we're always sharing different things and stuff like that. And um, yeah, someone sent through a, a screenshot of a, like a Strava photo and it was like, um, it was one, like a screenshot of your week and you'd run oh, okay, yeah. 300 and something K. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, I know this guy. I said, I know him. <laughs> if it's the same guy, it, I know him through tie boxing. Yeah. And then I was, I jumped on Strava and looked you up and I was like, holy shit. It's the, it is, it is who I thought it was. And then all of the discussions was, oh, he can't keep that up. He'll break down. Yeah. His body won't be able to do it. And then yeah. I spoke to, um, I know a guy that you've raced against before, Cameron Munro. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, know I used He's to go to, I used to go to school with him. And he said to me, man, he's doing 300K weeks and he's concreting for 10 hours a day. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. And yeah. it seems like you've kind of, you're breaking the rules, like, because you're still going and you're not broken well, down. Well, I know much. a lot of people say that about me. <laughs> I know they do question what I do. And these days I've tapered back on the kilometers as you would have seen, because I've bloody doing that many events. It's just been rolling recovery yeah, to building yeah. again to the next event. So I, I literally don't have time to do it anymore. So I've just been, yeah, I was doing marathon. There was a stage there. I was doing five marathons a week, like just doing Monday to Friday. I was getting like 200 Ks in before Friday was up. And like, <laughs> I, I think the conditioning comes from the tire boxing too, because I was doing the exact same thing with tire boxing. I was concreting, form working, whatever job I was doing at the time, which has always been the same, concreting or form work, but, you know, doing outdoor hard work construction all day. And then I was going straight to the gym to do tire boxing for my fight. So used in, to my, yeah. well, in my mind, it was like, what do you do? Like, oh, what? Don't go to training because I'm tired from work. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get smashed in the ring. So I just yeah. make myself go. And eventually my body got conditioned. And then the same thing with the, like even Eli, they all used to say the same thing. You mad bastard, like, you know, working all day. How do you do it? But, and it was tough and it is tough. And 
I just force myself to do it. And I find that's what gets you stronger. And the same with the ultra run. I started thinking, well, you know, you want to pull off doing a hundred mile race or, you know, at that stage, I'd never done anything like that. I thought I better train hard. So I just started putting in the Ks and, you know, started off doing one or two marathons a week. And then I just started thinking, oh, I wonder if I could do three and then four. And then all of a sudden I was just used to doing, I thought I was finishing the week doing four or five marathons. And I'm thinking I'm not even that sore. And like at the first, when I first started, like I was, I was doing a marathon, I was butchered. Like, you know, you, you know, it is you, sometimes you do a marathon, you're sore for three days. And like nowadays I'm doing a marathon, I'm fine the next day. Like, you know, you still know you've done a good run, but I was fine to be able to like sweep back out there running. And I'd listen to my body here and there. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to do a marathon, I might do 20 or 30, but then I'd do right the next day because you've had a less, you know, less kilometers. Next day we'll do another one. And then I just started building from there and, and I think that's what been the foundation for all the events that I've done. Like, cause a lot of people just don't want to put in that effort. And that's, I think what's yeah. obviously got the times at that fast pace. And obviously a lot of the wins, cause if I, you know, I don't know what everyone else is doing, but I know, I surely know that, you know, like you're saying, most people don't want to do that kind of stuff. So if you're not doing it and I'm doing it, you know, you're going to have a lot of trouble beating me. So. Yeah. What are you doing work wise at the moment, Ryan? Doing form work, so still form working, and and yeah, I haven't stopped that. I've been doing the whole time, so I'm working on the bridges up here. So a different kind of form work that I'm used to, but I'm still jumping into concrete Mm. as well. But everything we do is hard, heavy work. It's all like you know, big, big, strong back slims. You're lifting like we get cranes stuffed up, obviously crane time lifting stuff, but everything's manual hand. It's all even today. It was like 31 degrees out here, and you know, I just do eight hour days, and that's one thing that's. I've been pretty lucky with my bosses. I've just told them from day dot when I, you know, most of my, like the guys are still working. They do tens, 11s, but I just tell my bosses, whatever job I have, like I can only do eight hours because I train like a madman. And I just said yeah. that I've got that much stuff going on that I just can't do anymore. And so how many, realize, how many Ks a week you're doing at the moment? Average. Oh, the last couple of like months have probably been dismal. Probably I even, it still eats at me a little bit, even though I've been performing in the events. I like to do hundred mile weeks and like anything less than that aggravates me to be honest, but I just know when I'm rolling off another event, it's just not possible. So the last couple of weeks I've only been doing like 70 K weeks and stuff. Like it's been like real low because I've been rolling straight off, you know, doing an event. So I've had to recover and, you know, I've done quite a few where they're only two, three weeks apart. So, so you do I- split your K. So you do a run in the morning, run evening to get the, get the distance in or. No, or, or sometimes at the moment I haven't been. I've just been doing, I've just basically been doing a morning run because I've got the two Kelpies. So every day I train. So every day is just a morning run. That's a ritual. Like if I'm doing long, long distance, I'd run and then come back and get the dogs. But at the moment, because I've only been doing 10K runs and stuff and he, at, he's still recovering from that last one. So I've only been doing eights and tens and just taking the dogs. And then I come back and have a hit on the bag and, bloody do some core or sit-ups or whatever i'm doing and then i pretty much got to get ready for work and and at the moment i'm building a gym at home so i've just literally just before i pulled up then i was just cutting up some more steel so i'm just busy building a gym i'm opening up a full muay thai gym next year on my where, where 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 are you based for the gym uh, greens creek so i'm gimpy so i moved from, i was at black mountain right near paul's near mad x there that's where i had been living i was only literally five cut the road from mad x and then over the last year, we bought a, a place out at Gympie and got a nice property out here. We're about 
4K out of town. It's as you're going towards Tin Cam Bay. So it's not all the places around us are all like cattle properties. So it's, you know, I've got four and a half acres here and oh, yeah, I've nice. got the gym that's gym out the front and eight by 10 meter shed in the making or it's already, you know, set up. I've just got to do all the fit outs and still hanging and drilling the heavy bags in and stuff like that and fixing out the walls and got to get all the matting in. So I've still got to, I've nearly done the bulk of the um, heavy heavy construction in it, and then it would just be doing all the nice trims and stuff like and that. You, and you are, you're a, you're a, you're a sucker for punishment, aren't you? You like you're working hard out out there in the fucking concrete, in you you're running you know hundred miles a week, and then you're gonna you're gonna have a gym going as well. I mean, um, it's hard though because what do you do? Unfortunately, I'm not made of money. Yeah, and, um, like yeah. it's just the job that I've done, and I, I get paid really well. Like I just. You know, I've contemplated over the years, you know, should I throw this in and just go work at the IGA, you know, like or just <laughs> start, something easy, but it's just hard when you go from getting over a grand a week to like, oh, okay, go get 600 a week or 700 and, you know, the hours, you know, it can differ and I'm just used to doing what I do, I guess. So, but my definite goal is over this next year, as I open up from January onwards to slowly transition to hopefully like only two, three days a week to hopefully zero days a week and then just just literally open up the, um, the goal is a bit of a community here and just hopefully i can just make enough to pay the mortgage here and that's all i care about and live my yeah, own dream you can just train and do everything eh? sign already happening no for the front gate going running back back in four hours yeah well, that's it eh? <laughs> i'll do it so i know that's it'll work out perfect in the long run anyway because i'll be able to just you know, whatever, when I don't have clients, I'll do me runs like, and I'll just, you know, like I was doing when I was doing the marathons each day, I, I was getting up at midnight. So that's the kind of dedication that like people might've seen some of that doing, but I was literally setting my alarm. It's in that documentary they made, like I was getting up at like quarter past 11 there for a bit and just to, just to get up. So I'd have like three hours sleep just to be able to make time to be able to do my four hour run before I start work. Did you just so, say you're going to fight again? Did I, you say that or was I? No, nah, no, nah, I just, no. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot, yeah, who knows? Like, I, I don't think I will. I've, I've thought about it a couple of times here and there. And to be honest, my heart, it's just not in that mode anymore. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I love the Thai boxing and always will. I love training it and I love teaching people it and training other people because I think it's a great sport and I think it's got a lot of good qualities. But, yeah, just the drive to fight anymore, it doesn't interest me as much. That's those youngsters sure. are too keen, mate. Those youngsters are it's too not keen. Even that. More. I just, I don't know. I, I, I would easily jump back in. I reckon I'd still go really good at the moment, especially because of the, how the conditioning I've created. Yeah, and that. I agree. Yeah. I just don't, it doesn't, I don't have any reason to, like I don't see any benefit. Like it's like I've, I've yeah. experienced that side before. So I just, I don't know. I have thought about it though, but I just think I just, I like the challenge of maybe seeing how deep I can go in the ultra world, to be honest. And you've got to be like a hundred and ten percent committed with fighting. I mean, you can't do it oh, yeah. half-hearted. It's just one of that you're going to get yeah. hurt. It's not worth it. And I know that straight away off the bat too, because of you know, like same with you, come back and had a fight. That you don't. There's no easy fights. They're no. not going to go, oh, cameraman. Yeah, and I wouldn't even want that. So yeah. you know, you're straight away against the up and comer that's you know had the twenty, thirty fights. And you know that you know they're they're hungry to be the next champion or whatever. So you know you're in for a tough fight, and that would still be cool as well. But I'm at the moment of now trying to you know I want to get to these overseas races and stuff yeah. like you know go to them and see what they provide and see how you go against some of the best in the world in 
ultra running. I think that'd be a cool little thing. How about too, so. UTMB? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that'd be great. Like, I just talked to Chris Murphy out because he was out at the World Championships and he just did it. He said it was, you know, unbelievable. And I could, you know, I don't know too much only for what I've seen on the internet. Yeah. Looks like an amazing race, and I'd love an opportunity. My first, I've got three that I'm going to do before any of the others. I want to do the, the Bigs Backyard, which I, because I've got 75 hours, I'm pretty much nearly guaranteed a spot in that anyway. So I'll go to that next year. That's the, you know, the last one standing there in Tennessee. Oh, okay. And then I want to do, yeah, Bad Water, because I think cooking myself in the 50 degree heat would be a nice little challenge too. Like, running along the white line like they all that looks like a full supper fest and i, I just 135 like miles isn't it is that yeah really? on that bloody tar that's just Fucking like hard. 50 degrees yeah. at night and that so like you know i've actually spoken to a few people that have done it and you know I, I just think it'd be a great experience just to you know from that would be some severe mental toughness to get through that one just from the heat like the distance obviously in the track would be easy enough but just dealing with the heat would just kill you so I think that I want to do that. And then the, the big one that I've been trying to get in for a while and I, I hopefully once I go to Tennessee with the uh, Bigs Backyard is um, the Barkley. So, oh, yeah. Oh, Barkley you know, Marathons, yeah. That was the first one that popped on my radar when I started doing ultras. And, you know, you're watching the stuff on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, that's me all over. Like, because it's not a race. That's And that's why I like the last one standings. Like, it's not really against other competitors. Like, oh, I've got to get on the podium first, second and third. And like to be honest, that's you know how you're talking earlier about you know do you see who's in the run and and you know the other athletes. I kind of like the races where it's not so much about that because if I wanted to keep my ego and keep being trying to be the man or the number one, whatever you want to call it, I would have stayed doing tie boxing, you know, to try to keep being. I don't know that I just think I like to do things for myself now. So I find those other races are a bit like that. There, you're not really racing other people, like yeah. you still are, but it kind of goes out the window because of how hard the event is. Yeah. And same as Down Under, that's the one I'm definitely doing next year as well. I'm signed up for that. That's the one in Australia here. Yeah. And that's brutal, isn't it? Hard, hard 22% finish ratio. And even though you've got, I don't know, last year, this year, there was 35 runners in there. You're still racing against each other. What event is that? Down Under 135. Oh, okay. And it's um, down in Melbourne there, but it's kind of like the Australia Barkley, yeah. like it's full off terrain, like, usually has like anywhere between 10 and 14,000 meters elevation. And it just like, yeah, it's real offbeat track tracks. Like you just got to go through thick scrub and it's yeah. But like every runner in there, like even though, you know, you're racing against each other cause no one hardly finishes. Like they only had one finisher this year. You're just basically trying to finish the course. Just so surviving. You, you don't, yeah. Surviving. That's it. Yep. So if you're, you're in there racing, I'm not like, oh, I've got to beat Steve. I'm just like, man, we got to see if we can finish this. And yeah. then, like to me, that's the that's the greatest challenge, you know. So with your running, you run a hundred mile continuous, and then you now completed three hundred miles of backyard loops. Every time you finish a yard, how does that differ? Like you get a little bit of time before you have to get back in the the starting blocks for the next next yard, sort of starting again. What do you do in that small amount of time? What what does what do you do with yourself for that short period of time each lap? Yeah, well, that's, you know, it changes every lap and every event. Depends on how you feel at each given time. But that's what evaluation. Kind of, yeah, that's usually in that time. It's, you know, your, your typical stuff like 
you know, if I'm wet, you know, you always take every bit of clothing I've got because you go through that many shirts and you can hang them out and dry during a day. So I might be changing my shirts, making, you know, the crews obviously, you know, helping you fill up all your, you know, your electrolytes, you know, with that kind of stuff. I might, you know, and obviously getting in any kind of food I can have and, you know, you can take stuff out on the course, obviously, and all that stuff. And the biggest thing I, I usually try to get to do as it gets deeper into them is making sure I get those, you know, five minutes of meditation kind of thing or those couple of minutes, even if it's two to three minutes of just where I write everything's sorted, I'm ready to go for the next lap, you know, stuff's on charge, everything's ready. And I'll just literally just zone out, just shut my eyes and just blank out and just try to rejuvenate the mind and get get that sleeping. You're not really sleeping, but you're kind of shutting off and it's giving you that rest for the mind and your body. And um, that's what got me this time. Like I was devastated because I was actually stronger than Phil out there. Like he was hopping and he had some real issues going on with his legs. And like, I was sore, don't get me wrong. We're all jacked up. We just run ridiculous distance. But like physically, I wasn't too bad. But my the sleep monsters were getting me. Like I just, that second night, I took for granted and wasn't doing enough of the micro naps and that. Because I was it was a harder course and I was mm. coming in with only, you know, 10, 12 minutes to spare kind of thing before you got to go again. And I just wasn't utilizing the, the the meditation and sleep on that second night as much. And I just thought, oh, I feel all right. I'm sweet. Like, and then when I came, went into that third day, it just hit me like a brick. And I just was struggling yeah. mentally. And then I couldn't problem solve. I couldn't, like, I was in, yeah, in a world of pain on a few stops and there, like hallucinating. And I was in a state of psychosis a couple of times there and didn't even know what I was, like, where I was. And, thought didn't even know I was in a race like I'm there what am I doing here because I'm just doing the same repetitive thing and yeah that one kind of molded into a few different things and it kind of ended up getting me because I just wasn't couldn't get my brain working properly to be honest that was what the main thing was and it just come down to sleep deprivation as soon as I got micro sleeps are are really important now I read about those I used to do 24 hour mountain bike races and they reckon even if you can just shut your eyes for a minute can make a big big difference oh it's an absolute saviour if you're not doing it, especially if you're going into two, three days, you, you're finished. Like if you don't sleep at all, like it's only so much. You can have a coffee or whatever. Eventually, you're just not going to be able to stay awake properly. And I tried everything. Like they tried dumping me on the ground, you know, as soon as I come in. But, you know, you just, you still got your camera back on and, you know, you'd, you'd barely even get time to rest your eyes. And then, you know, to waking you back up. And I just was too far in the sleep depth and it, and then at that stage, because I was so sleep deprived, I've had it before. I've only had a couple of times, but I, I snapped. And once I snap, there's no coming back. I pretty much, I don't care what, I just get to the point. And that's what I did out there on that lap 76 when I went out. I just snapped and I just lied down on the road. And I'm like, I'm fucking done. I don't give a fuck about this race. I don't care about any who I'm racing against. They can win it. They can do whatever. I just, I'm done. Yeah. And that's what I did. And then I just, I can't come back from that. I just, I was just done. So have you thought about adding that other 24 hours, like you are saying earlier, another 24 yards to make the 100, 100 hours? How, how do you yeah. have that extra sleep and all the nutrition and everything into that? That's three days that you've done yeah. already. Well, it's just like anything, the same thing again. You just got to be on song a bit more. And I, I guess like, you know, I've learned different things of different people. And, you know, I even <laughs> see like Phil, like Phil's fanatical there. Like he's not like, what I would do, but he's like, you know, over the top with like, you know, preparation and all that stuff. And I guess, you know, I, I see little facts he does and it definitely helps. And I've seen his sleep cycle and I just, you know, obviously I already knew that anyway. And I just got to make sure I do that. And 
I, like I said, I knew that I took for granted that second day of not sleeping. So as soon as I do my next last one standing again, will be that same process, like making sure that I've dedicated that time to do that, especially on that second day. And, and same again, I don't know that I'll get a hundred hours straight up, like, or whatever, mm. but even if I don't get it, I might not even get 70 or 50 next go. Like, you know, nothing certain, you know, you can fold under 30 hours. Like, you know, even that course out there was tough after 24 hours, you know, and, and, and your brain, and that's what a lot of people do. It's so hard to fathom to go, oh, I've got to do that all again, even to get 50 hours. And like, as soon as you start thinking ahead too much, it can wig you out. And that's what usually why most people quit because they just can't fathom doing another. So I'll just keep breaking it down and keep trying my best. And I just believe that I just see that it's in reach because like, you know, it's, you do, like I said, it is 75 and yeah, I was broken with the sleep, but you know, you can always improve. You can always work on stuff to be better. So I think there's always the way if there's the will, you know? Yeah. Mate, when you say you're hallucinating, what sort of, what was you saying? Well, I've had perception changes like a lot of the times in when I've done those 200 miles and when I've done 48 hour ones and that where you're like, you know, you, all of a sudden you see the rocks there and all, and you're like, oh, they're coming up and next thing they're under your feet. Like, so bang within a second, like, you know, oh, you thought it was 50 yeah. meters away. Yep. And next thing you know, you're running over the top of them and you're like, what the hell? And I've had ones oh. where, you know, the sign was there and I'm like, oh, sweet. There's a sign coming up, turn and right. And then I get up there and there's no sign. And you're like, well, okay. Like, uh, and I'm, but that was, yeah, on the one on, uh, recently, like just, oh, there was a few incidents. I had like the full perception the whole time throughout those that third day where just my distance and all your, you know, the leaves are moving and that and just the trees is, you know, kind of just like you're in a state of bloody whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Like it's just a borderline of just, you know, like you're a bit drugged nearly, you know, you're just in an illusion kind of thing. It's not real. But I was, you know, the, this guy went past in a tractor, for instance, and this was when there was only three of us left. And this is when the other guys started realizing that I wasn't all there a bit, like there, because they weren't, they were still all right with the sleep side of things. So they weren't really wigging out and like hallucinating like I was. The guy went past in a tractor ride, and Tim the from Dead Cow Gully was out there taking heaps of photos and um, throughout the event and that in his car and stuff. And, you know, he's a bit of a country guy, and the dude went past and come past and tractor. I'm like, oh, Oh, look, there's Tim in the tractor. What's he doing in the tractor? And I'm dead set certain that Tim's now driving the tractor and he was just in the cars before. <laughs> and like the other guys are looking at me like, oh, and then and then as the tractor literally it went past me only like a couple of meters away because it was going along the dirt road we're going on. And then I looked at him, oh, Tim's in the tractor, eh? Far out. And then as he, as he, just as he's gone past, I've waved to him and then I'm like, oh, that's not Tim. And they're all looking oh, at me like, shit, what is yeah. wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'm starting to lose it a bit here, eh? And, just things like that, <laughs> like, and then in the night, like, you know, you always got the shadows and different things that change and whatnot, but more, I'm more like, you know, say it's more perception, to be honest, like, you know, because I've, you know, I've been wild back in the day, I know what hallucinations are and stuff, and I just, it's more of the perception thing, I think, like, you, you know, starts playing tricks on your mind, but you can kind of reason, like, you know, you're starting to wig out a bit, like, Ryan, it's, you're not hallucinating, it's just, you know, you're just sleep deprived, it's just, you know, it's just the shadows, and then you kind of look at it like, oh, yeah, it is kind of just that. But, yeah, like this, the psychosis thing got me a bit like that was brought along the line a few times out there. I didn't know, honestly, whether I was in a race. There was a couple of times there I pulled up in the middle of the road. Is just the, um, what's his name was um, Phil was a bit ahead. The other guy was uh, just behind me a little bit. And I just pull up and be like, what am I doing? And I just forget what I was literally doing. Like, did not feel like I was in a race. I just literally thinking why am I still going up and down this road? 
and then I just like, oh, okay, like, and I just keep going, and, and then I get to, and then after a while for that long, that halfway point was taking a really long time to get to too, and that, and the tracks would feel like it's changing a bit, and you just, you know, just the course felt different, and even though it wasn't different, it was the same course, and then I'd get to halfway, and people were like, oh yeah, good job, and you know, all right, and turn around, I remember thinking. Man, this is weird. Just and then I was getting, getting back. Oh, it was. It was getting a few times. I got back to a few times there with Grant. It was cruel. I mean, I'm like, what are we doing, man? Like, what? Like, this is not a race. There's no one even out here, man. Like, because <laughs> at that stage, most of the competitors are gone. So it was yeah. only the WA crew. They had about eight or nine of those guys, and they were all, you know, sporting them. And I only had me one crew, mate. And then all it was him. And then just the two promoters. And I was starting to think it was a bit of a sick, twisted joke, to be honest. Like, I was just like thinking, are we even in an event here? Are we just like out here on this, like running against these dudes? Like, what are they doing? Like, and that's you, what my mind was doing. And I was just like, <laughs> can you come? Can you come back from that? Do you think, like, if you have some well, more power naps and some good nutrition? Directly? That's see, I, I felt all right when I was back out running. Once he slapped me out of a few, it's like, man, you're in. It's all good. You just got to keep going. I'm like, oh, I don't. I, like, I felt like I was coming back out of it here and there. But then when I'd just be back out and something would aggravate me again. I'd just, you know, getting frustrated again. Like I remember coming back and I was, you know, starting to get aggravated with my teammates even in that, like, as in like, they're not working as a team. Like I know that everyone's just broken. So everyone's just trying to survive their self. But I was getting frustrated that we're not running together and getting each other through it. And that was starting to aggravate me too. And I was, and I was starting to get like taken at first. What's he doing, man? Like, <laughs> and then I just remember thinking, oh, right. Oh, he's on his own journey. Maybe he wants to win or whatever. Yeah. But it was starting to frustrate me. I'd get back to the thing and I'd be freaking nearly ready to fight. And I'm just like, Grant's like laughing. Like, bro, you just got to relax. Like, it's all good. And yeah, just, but that's what was the hardest thing to come back from. I couldn't reason with myself to, when I started getting down, like I'm done. I found it hard to see the bigger picture like I normally do. Like, Ryan, it's where you're suffering. You'll get through this and just do another lap. I was, you know, showing signs of, like, mentally breaking down, like, on those last few laps. Yeah. So did um, Phil stop because of you, after you, or because of you? We have to, yeah. You're only allowed to do one more lap on your own. That's the rules. So what happened is he, he, he was in front of me, and then I just lied down the road. So he would have went to half the halfway and he turned around, he would have seen me and he seen and I got up and like, hey man, I'm done. And because I pulled out and didn't make it back on that lap, he only had to finish the lap and he wins. So you don't norm if I made it back, he would have had to go out and do one more lap. Oh, on his own. But, yeah. but that's that's the ways the rules. You can only do one more lap on your own to win. That's it. So okay. but because of the um uh because of like the other people around the world were still going, they wouldn't have allowed him to keep to keep going. No, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, okay. because that's the idea of it. So once your country's out, that's you know Australia done or whatever you know. So that's yeah. and that's the rules here as well. You know, is, you know that's part of the format. So I was you know after I stopped, I was a bit devastated that I didn't somehow find that magic to keep going as you always do. But I just I just put it into the fire again, man. That's all I do and just write right, and that just feeds me even more. So. So it's with that one you just done. I've got a question for you on the actual um, elevation. I know the distance is all the same worldwide, so everyone's competing the yeah. same distance for each lap. So what? How do they um, have a guideline on elevation? Because obviously someone could be doing an easier lap. Well, that's why than someone doing a harder, more elevation yeah. on each lap. How's that work? Well, 
Well, I knew from day dot when I was going there because I had already talked to Kevin and a few people that have been to that course, and they're like, man, like, and this is nothing against the promoter and that, and they, you know, they're great people and they're, you know, their their track, whatever, it's their event, but it's the worst court. You don't go there to, you know, you're competing against the other countries around the world, like you said. They got, you know, everyone's got different, you know, challenges, but you know, you could be going against people with a flat course, and every lap we did had sixty five meters of elevation which yep. wasn't that much, but it's still after a while. It was, it was basically just a slow, mm. gradual climb up the dirt road and then back down kind of thing. And you just don't like, you know, even when we do the last one stand here at Oxley and that, like, that's why it's at Oxley Common in Brisbane because it's a flat course because, you know. Couldn't they have, um, couldn't, uh, couldn't they have picked a better course? What, what was the yeah, reason well, they for won the rights for the they They won the rights for the Australia team. So that's their course. So, that like we were nearly because they were underwater, so we were actually lucky. The actual course was meant to be like 120 meters elevation every lap because it was on their paddock and it went. And I hadn't seen the course. I was just like, holy hell! Like like full like rocky clumps and like you know grass paddocks. But they've been getting floods down there, so all their course had been underwater. So they already changed the course, and we were meant to do this four loop course going um, clockwise, anti clockwise, all this stuff on this property. But it was still way too bogged down. I'm thinking, I'm, so when we all got there, everyone's in discussion. It still hadn't even been decided. I was at the airport. And we didn't even know where we were still going. We were told we might even go to a, a park run in Melbourne. And then I'm, I'm like, well, you need to tell us because I'm about to arrive, you know, on the plane, blah, blah, blah. But, and then in the end, it got stayed at the property. And then like they were still negotiating to do day loops around this property. And then, and then they started us off at night, just going out and back on this dirt road out the front because the road was closed because of floods. So I was like, I kept hinting the whole time, like, man, just stay on this road. No one's coming out here. It's an old dirt road out. There's only like four or five houses on the whole road. And it had a closed sign on it because they had floods. So I was like, we should just stay on here. You know, it would be a lot easier. And then every lap, you're not going to get wet feet. And, you know, that we know we wouldn't, we wouldn't have got 75 hours, I don't think, if we had went on the property because it was just a lot harder terrain. So... Yeah. You what you question, don't you, sometimes about what, why they, who allowed, to, who made the choice to go? Yeah, let's pick that one with that elevation, especially at a world champs. Where yeah, it, you're it not wasn't doing the same idea. course. It, nah. it just comes down to, to be honest, and it's like, I don't even go into this because I don't, I don't like to. You know, same with the tie box, I stay out of all the politics and whatever. But there's all, you know, they somehow won the rights or whatever they had their course, so. And that's where they usually do their last one standing events. So they put it there. So, you know, there was art. People should have said they should have put it at WA over where Phil lived and that because their course is pretty good too. And it's just a, a loop thing and it's not too much elevation. and It's meant to be a good track. And then obviously the Oxy Common, that's where we did it last year, which is flat. But, you know, it just comes down to promoter, man. You know, like it's like, they, you know, when they do a fight show at the venue, that's their venue. They choose that, and, you know. Mm. You think they have some sort of discretion on a minimum and a maximum to keep it more even? Yeah, I don't even. I actually didn't end up even searching the other countries and that to see what elevation people did. But I do know, you know, in saying that, and I, I don't really care. I actually, you know, I was still still thinking madness. But I rock up to the same like any event. Like, all right, right, heels, bring it on. What do we got? Yeah, let's see what yeah. we can do, and just look at that as the challenge. Like some people had torrential rain. Some people had, um, I think, like scorching hot weather. You know, so. That every other country has, you know, some, you know, look at the other country, UK, they're freezing. So, you know, I, we had ice actually. We did have cold weather for Australia in the mornings. Each morning was ice all over the windows. So 
I, I ran every night, Luke, literally with track pants on. That's how hot it, um, cold it was. But other people wore thinner stuff, but I've done a fair few of them. I'm not suffering for the sake of it, just for, you know, cold weather. So, yeah, it was pretty cool, but, yeah. Talking, of course, is um, I, I had trouble on the BTU 110, and I, yeah. I saw a couple of videos where you had a bit of trouble going, oh, do I turn brutal. here or do, do I go, should I go along? There was bunting on the ground, and then like yeah. I stopped and waited for people to catch me up and go, do we go down here or we go here? Yeah. And the, the, uh, some of the, there was no reflective tape at night. It was like, what, until you thought, well, got on it with a torch that you could see that it was like, yeah. this is where I've got to go. So um, I know you had a bit of trouble there. As well, well that, and that course is tough. Like, I don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what kind of experience you've got. That is probably one of the brutalest hundred milers I've done, kind of thing. Like, other than down under, that thing was that's savage. Like, it just those hills in there are just you know you know what they're like. They're just brutal. Like, you, you can't even run them. You know, you, so you can barely. Steep, eh? Some of them you can't even walk them. You know, you just no, we there. Got, you got poles. Township yeah. break, I had to put my poles away and uh, yeah. abseil down it. They had a rope there and I abseiled yeah, down it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, and on the way down, you're sliding, sleeping. Like it's it's a tough course. And, you know, that one, like I, I want my goal for that, all I cared about was finishing that one because a couple of years back, that's when I, I that was my only race I hadn't redeemed. That was my only other DNF. You're I going back, done. you're going to go back and do it again or are you going to leave it for a bit? No, I'm going to go back, I think. It's yeah. not going to make it if it works with every other race. Yeah, I just got the email actually off Shona this morning. So about the entry back in it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I'll get in at 5 a.m. when she said, but I'll get in over these next couple of days. I'll definitely do that because, you know, to be honest, another bonus to that one, like I don't do it for the wins and whatnot, but honestly, that was like they, they were looking after the runners. Like, you know, it's like the Thai boxing. I didn't do Thai boxing for money either, but after a while, it's good to get some money for you for your hard work you put in yeah. and like I got fourth place and I still got 800 US and, and this ended up being a grand for fourth place. I was like, Oh, I didn't even awesome. know that, that. Yeah. That was six. And I think first place, um, what's his name that won at, um, trying to think of his name now, that guy from I think New Zealand kind of fella. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, he got three and a half grand, I think for the win. So like, you know, there's no ultras that have that, you know, I've done ones, you know, Black Oil won that one year and I got a grand for the win. And then you got, I got 500 extra because I got the course record. So 1500. And well, that was, I was stoked with that. But, you know, there's, there's less money in ultra running than there is in Thai boxing. We're going to pay you guys for the events, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we sort of covered it already, but like what, what's, What's the future look like? You've got those three main races you want to do, but is there anything else yeah. you've got in your side? Yeah, I've got like honestly, like you know, so the UTMB and you know, there's, there's Western States. There's so many races overseas. I love you know the Hard Rock Hundred. There's there's some massive ultimate races out there and challenges. Like I'll definitely I'll just see what the universe provides and see what you know what I can make happen. But like next year will be another monster year. Like I've got you know straight away i'm going to start building um from after christmas uh hill climbing to get myself prepared for that down under because like that's enough for me because i didn't finish it i've got to go back and finish that so Did that's you say 14 000 meters of elevation was it usually yeah it's crazy it's like it's yeah usually i think they do anywhere between 10 and 13 and to 14 so it's oh, yeah. and it's all like it's it, you got 55 hour cut off and i thought i'd breeze it in it took me uh, 110 kilometers to get 110 i was 30 hours 
And I was just like, what? Because yeah. I was just couldn't, I couldn't understand walking because it's not really a running race. It's more of a, a power track because a lot of the course you can't run. So mm. it's just how much you can keep moving forward. And then obviously when you can run, start running. And I just wasn't prepared. But yeah, so that, but then I've got Dead Cow Gully, which I'll do that again. I'll do yeah. the Clint Eastwoods. I've got, um, you know, I'll do BTU. And then obviously now because of that last one with the world championship, the the big race is Tennessee with the Bigs Backyard, which is October. So I'll definitely like, even I talked to Laz already and he pretty much reckons, you know, you'd be guaranteed in. It's only unless, you know, over the next eight months, 50 people got 75 yards around the world, which he said was basically, impo- you know, possible. It yeah. won't happen. So I'll pretty much be guaranteed. So I'll be going to that one in Tennessee. So I'll be definitely working towards that. But also there's the Australian Masters with um that's with the last one standing that Tim's put on through Dead Cow Gully. So that he's actually picked I think there's like uh, I can't remember next made thirty five to forty five runners yeah. and you all had to achieve over thirty five hours to get in it um, in a backyard ultra before and he's even bring over that Harvey Lewis is coming over and I've got all Phil Gore and all those guys will be back in it and there's a massive field of runners there so. I really want to, yeah, go massive on those ones. So hopefully we can get some magic like way over the 75 before I even head out to Big's Backyard and stuff. So I'll tell you a bit of a funny story, Ryan. I, I paced with um, Nathan at the end of his BTU. He took a wrong turn, yeah. like 11, 11 Ks the wrong way. Lucky we notified him <laughs> and said, hey, mate, you're going the wrong way. Anyway, he gets into checkpoint six, was it, Nate? And that was the final bit where I was supposed to jump in with you. Checkpoint five. Checkpoint oh, no, you were meant to jump in at checkpoint, checkpoint six. six. I'm only supposed to do 20Ks with him or something and end up doing yeah. the 35. Anyway, <laughs> we, we got to the very – so it was a real struggle. You already had a super big fall over at um, a township break and you had another fall at McAfee's, was it? So you yeah, had a couple right. of falls. His, his knee was a bit sore and by, I guess by 100Ks, it's starting to get a bit swollen and a bit stiff yeah. too. So the last bit we're coming into through Barden. We made it out of, of – um, Mount Cutha and coming down through Barden and he's jog walking, jog walking. We get oh, checkpoint, checkpoint. So we got there and he he goes, oh, I got, I need something to eat. I hope they got something good. And then he goes, oh, you want some soup? And the lady yeah. says, oh, it's miso soup. And he goes, what's miso? I said, I have no idea. Uh. <laughs> and Nathan, he took one smell of it and you can see he didn't want it. He's like, oh, so what, is it some sort of fish or something? Uh. Like some sort of fish soup or something. Anyway, yeah. so he's just standing there and, and he goes, oh wonder if the cameraman's come through yet so and then they go oh no he hasn't come through yet and and see nathan's eyes light up yeah he goes how far back is he He goes oh he's just come out of mount cutha he's 5k back and nathan's like yeah "Yeah, we gotta go i've got a chance to beat the cameraman to the finish line (laughs) and i tell you what i've never seen for that last 30ks the last five he legged it harder than he had the whole way he had a spring in his step hey it was pretty cool Oh, but I know awesome. we weren't. In, I weren't like I wasn't beating you because we weren't in the same distance. Yeah, he, but oh, I yeah, like, but it's always good to have a little buddy motivation to try to see if you can do <laughs> something for sure. But yeah, the whole I remember during that party, he goes, "I wonder if the cameraman's behind me or in front of me," because we he didn't know um, yeah. as such because you started a little bit earlier than himself, and then um, whether you passed him on the course and he missed you. But yeah, it did come up a few times. Times yeah, so I that, struggled that last little bit, and then like I, he would have probably peeled away more. I, I only really macked it kind of when we started getting out of Cooth onto the road and then I just hooked it like with me and him, me and Grant and it was pacing me just went like a maniac for that last it was only the last five, six K or eight K, whatever it was. Yeah. If I, I hadn't had 
if I hadn't have had uh, Spartan with me, I would never have made it home because I'd still be walking around that <laughs> fucking forest now. I tell you. Oh, oh, just, yeah. oh, I just didn't know it's where some I was of those going. Hills, like, they just come to collect your soul. They're just, you know, that's that's what people, you know, they'll make no mistake about that. It doesn't matter what I've achieved and what I've, you know, results you get. Every single one of those challenges somehow get you. And it's just pushing through. Even if you're doing it three hours quicker than someone else, it's the same suffer fest that someone else is experiencing it. Like, if you've got to go up those hills, they're just brutal, right? Mm. <laughs> you're, a, I mean, you're a really good success story for, for Queensland and for like ultra running because you've got a sponsor now as well, haven't you? you want to give them yeah, Wild Earth has been really great for us. So, yeah, they've been unbelievable and helped me out. So, it's definitely bloody helping, that's for sure. It's hard to get sponsors, you know. It's hard. I had a few, I had this turmeric, um, turmeric life there for a while, and that that was through Barbara, and that got me on with that. But she left the company, and after a while, they were more concentrated on dog. They're, they're dog turmeric and stuff like that as well so they kind of did they got a few athletes but nothing much and that stopped and and now with the dynamite nutrition that's what barbara's started hers and you know i'll be slowly helping her out with that as well but yeah wild earth is really main sponsor so they got the one thing i will say about wild earth and that's not, not just giving them a plug and why i actually really like you know being part of them is they've got everything you need. Like I just, you know, oh, I've got race coming up and I just go online and, you know, oh yeah, sweet new gloves or, you know, whatever it is, skins, you know, and I've even been just getting my spring energy gels through them there and stuff like that. And the dynamite bars and things like that. And it just gets delivered to your door. You know, I don't even have to go anywhere. And, you know, I've been, they've been unbelievable in that respect. So. Where's their shop located? They got really? two of them. One in Brisbane, I think at the DFO. DFO. Yeah. DFO. Yeah. You know, oh, that's the one that, yeah, I know. You went in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the other ones at Burley. I think if you order online, it comes from the Burley shop. So, yeah, yeah, I've actually never been to both of them yet. I've never actually been in store, I've only ever got all my stuff online. So. Yeah, oh man, the shop at DFO is awesome. They, they have look got the biggest selection of shoes. Uh, I don't know what the Burley Heads one's like, but the the uh, the one at DF the one at DFO has got just the biggest selection of. Like trail shoes and some, yeah, awesome. some road shoes as well, but more trail yeah. shoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Amazing. you could never Boots. go in there without buying stuff. That's the thing. That'd be yeah. <laughs> It'd be a good shop to go for sure if you're just cruising and got time to spare. Next time I'm up there, I'll have a look. But oh, what man. about you, Steve? Are you ever gonna fight? Are you still doing the tie boxing march? No, I'm. I, I was once I finished fighting, I was like coaching a bit. Yeah, but then. I was kind of the same as you. I just, not being selfish, but I just wasn't getting that buzz from yeah. coaching. Like it's not, there's nothing like having something in the pipeline that you're training for, eh? Oh, for sure. And, and I, that's exactly yeah. right. And I'll be doing the same, like even though I'll be training to be weird, you know, there's gonna, they're going to have to work around. Also, I'll be doing all the ultra events. I'm still going on that dream. Even if I am doing the training here, you know, there'll be certain nights a week they'll probably might have to, I'll just have the gym open. They can do their own stuff or, you know, vice versa, you know, they can help each other. But yeah, I'm kind of looking towards, for me personally, just a bit of a community. I want to try to get the kids' classes going. I've got the two boys and, you know, they used to do it heaps when I was teaching at the Federal Hall there. And, you know, they've kind of stopped since I've, you know, you're just doing your own training and they want to get them back into it and just help the kids and even trouble kids, really. Like, I'm actually not looking to open this so I can be like, you know, Joe's already sent me messages like, oh, I can't wait to have your fighters on the, I don't even know if I'll have any fighters. That's why I call it the Naxu Jai Muay Thai Fitness because 
you know, I know a majority of the people that want to do that kind of training don't want to fight. They don't want to go in the ring and get, you know, hammered, but they like the training. So I'll just yeah. incorporate both. You know, if I see someone that's serious and want to be a champion, you know, I know how I can get them there. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I know it's going to be just everyday people mainly. Like I've got a couple of guys at work who just want to learn a bit of self-defense and then just the fitness. And I just, you know, it all works. It helps us, you know, any of those drills I do, like kind of cross hit classes and stuff like that. So you just, you know, and the tie boxing workouts, you know, you know what it's like. You just do your rounds on the bag and it's a solid workout as it is. Yeah, you can't beat that for getting fit, can you? Oh, I had my own gym uh, as well, Ryan, a few, uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, called the National Kickboxing Academy NKA. Kickboxing, oh, okay, yeah, sweet. Kickboxing and yeah, modified Thai. And awesome. um, the majority of people were there just to keep fit. And yeah, you know, one, one chick said to me, she goes, "Look, I'm only here so I can eat chocolate." You know, so <laughs> she would train. She'd burn off the calories, yeah. the deficit, That's the, it. the chocolate. So everyone's whatever their motivation is, but the, the you yeah. know the side effects of doing something like that is you learn some self defense. You know, and you're actually looking after your heart and lungs as well as losing some weight. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I'll do exactly that. Like, if I get people that come up to me and come in and go, look, I don't even want to do tire boxing. Can we just do, like, weight workouts or weight drills or, you know, go for a run? I'll be like, sweet. Yeah, I'll just adapt and do whatever they want. I'm not going to go, nah, it's just tire boxing. You know, so I'll just be open to whatever, you know. And, you know, make hope the sun might, you know, do the ladies' classes if people don't want to train with the mixed classes or whatever. But, I will have this, you know, the couple of kids and adult classes structured and we'll just see what happens and where it goes. So, yeah, you know what it's like every time, every day, every life, you think you've got something planned and then something completely different happens. So I'm sure there'll be changes along the way. Yeah, that's it, mate. You never know what's around the corner, eh? Yeah. I just got to that stage too, <laughs> going back on with the ultras as well. Like life is short, you know, and that's why I'm throwing myself in every challenge possible. I know I do way too many. Like I was meant to be on Adelaide next weekend for the last one standing down there, but I just, I can't make it happen financially because I'm just spending too much here uh, with the gym and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I've just decided, you know, it's not smart with that side of things. So I'm probably not going to go. So I've only just decided that really today and yesterday really, but you know, I, I'm just basically the more challenges, the better. I think it keeps you honest and you don't know when your time is up, you know, exactly. my dad also, that's another little motivator. He passed about a year ago. That was another little icing on the cake to go. He was only 62, like cancer. And it just, you know, that was another thing that just flipped the switch again, going, see Ryan, you know, how long do we have? Yeah. And that's, so now it's just like for me, all or nothing, like definitely going to give it my all. But, you know, in saying that, just to finish on as well, like it's with the family as well. Like I can't be just an ultimate athlete and just be like, oh, screw everyone else. Like, that's another constant challenge, another constant ultra I'm doing at home as well, because, you know, you st- you know, you see you neglect them and then your wife, you know, they'll be saying, oh, look, you know, what are you, you're not playing with the kids. So you've got to keep trying to, you know, pick up that game and keep working on that as well. And so it's not just all about the running too and yeah. about everything. Well, you've done so well to come from being, uh, you know, like the best tie boxes in Australia. How many, do you have a couple of Aussie titles? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the best type. You know, say there's hundreds, hundreds of fighters better than me. I believe that I was just, you know, I know there was heaps of better fighters than me, to be honest. I just believe I, whenever I got in that ring, I was just, I know that I was going to go hard and, and give it my all. And I was always pretty aggressive. So that kind of helped my style as well. And I just kept going forward and that yeah. helped me. But yeah, to be honest, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I still went well, I had 24 fights. I had, you know, the Australian title two Queensland titles and I defended the WBC belt once and oh, then I got stripped of the Australian title I had from a 
a foul decision, which I clearly won four out of the five rounds and I had the belt. And then after that, that's that's kind of a little bit of the transition that started me thinking like, you know what, with this sport, if that's what it's going to be like, you know, you can just pick and choose when people win and lose when they didn't even win. And I just started, you know, and, you know, some of the people involved in it, which wasn't helping my, my yeah. vision in it. So. And then you yeah. transitioned, you become one of the best uh, ultra marathon runners in the country. So that's, um, yeah, I think they just oh, showed thanks. the pedigree. I appreciate that kindness. I wouldn't say I'm the best, but I'm, I've been well, charging forward. You're one of the I've best. You're one of the best. And I think it just shows the pedigree of like an athlete that you are, that you've been able to, you know, uh, dedicate yourself and uh, put the yeah. hard yards in and and it's uh, come to fruition. So I think it's great. I think just, yeah, that, you know, going back from that, more, you know, the, that Muay Thai background with Malcolm, you know, that self-discipline, I think I learned it earlier on to like to compete and to succeed at what goal I had. I just had to dive in deeper than anyone else because I was like already behind the eight ball, I always used to think. So I think that's what's pretty much kept it driving and that force with the ultras as well. Like I think, oh, you know, I've, I've got that mindset of wanting to do these bigger runs. So I think to do that, I've got to keep up in the ante. And now that I don't, you know, same thing again, now that I don't have this other event that I'm doing in two weeks, I don't know what event I was even going to do now. There's not much left at the end of the year. So I might have time to start stepping up my own individual training and get back to pumping out hundred mile weeks and that just, and with not having an event, you know, and get that conditioning and that back. And yeah. It was Gold Coast 50, mate, if you want to hit the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, I know there's a few of them and there's the BUR at daybreak and that, that I've done before, yeah. but I've done them a couple of times and I've, you know, I've run in their heats and I actually haven't done the Gold Coast 50, but to be honest, it doesn't interest me. I just think, well, I can just go 50k from here at home and I'll be home and then just do stuff around the house. Like, yeah. And because yeah. I'm not going, because I, I don't, and I don't do it for the like, oh, I've got to get first. So I don't care that I could go down there and maybe get a podium. That just does not interest me at all. So I'm more thinking, like, that's the only reason I don't do it, to be honest. I just don't have any interest and in, it doesn't really bring anything to me. So. Mm. That's fair yeah. enough. I want to find long events. Oh, you know, if that if there was one down the Gold Coast that said three hundred kilometers or something, or <laughs> you know, then I might think, oh, there's a challenge, and yeah, I would have, yeah. I'd possibly think about signing up. But <laughs> that's <Yeah>. just me. <laughs> yeah, everyone's different. Everyone's got their own. It's goals funny, isn't it? Because like your concept of like some people go, oh my god, you run a marathon, and I just cut up some stats today that only one percent of people ever complete a marathon. And then you're doing yeah, one every day. Right. And then uh, where people are going, oh, my God, you ran a marathon or you ran 50K or you ran 100K. And there's those people like yourself going, oh, I wonder if I can do like three. When's it going to be a 300K race? Or like you yeah. just going to run 500 kilometers. You know, it's like some people, yeah. I just think people aren't, it's, it's like one of those things, you know, they say that animals or birds only count. It's one or many, you know, yeah. and people think anything over a certain distance is just, Oh, it's just a long way. It's just can't, I can't yeah. uh, compute oh, the what average that means. person. That's exactly right. The average person that doesn't do that kind of stuff is, you know, even all the dudes at work, like, you know, it's just madness. It's insane. Like, what well, you know, you just think you're just crazy to even contemplate doing that. Can't, you know, they couldn't fathom that kind of distance. But, you know, yourself, like, once, you know, you start getting into and you start doing the runs and you start, you know, shopping yourself and you're like, you know, you, like you yeah. said, the BTU, you suffer and you don't even know if you think you're going to pull out. And then you just finish it and you like get home and you're like, man, I'm so glad I didn't pull out. Fit, you know, I was so broken. And then you get home and you're like, I can't believe I finished that. And you're like, hell yeah, next time I'm going to go harder or next time I'm going to find this other challenge. And 
you know, you always seem to want to, I think humans, as especially in athletes, you know, once you get to that level, you, you know, trying to evolve to do more, I think. And I think the minute you don't is like, you, like Steve was saying before with the Thai boxing, you lose that love. And then you kind of transition out of that sport anyway, because you're just like, you know what, I'm not even, you know, feeling it anymore. So yeah, it's funny yeah. how your, your mind works, didn't it? Because I remember I did my first ever 24 hour mountain bike race and I finished, I said, oh, I won't fucking do that again. And, and someone said, <laughs> Yeah, until the yeah. paint wears off and then you go, oh, you're into another later. one. And then when you get to start the start line of your next one, you go, oh, shit, I remember now. I do, yeah. want, I do want to do this, but here I am at yeah. the start line again. <laughs> you just think, what, what yeah. Well, the same as when you're at that suffer point. Like, you know, I know I've been in that spot so many times and you think, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, you know how bad this was. And then, but what I keep finding that for me, what I'm getting off it, is I just start to realize it, it's actually making me stronger. And then every time I get to those points, you, you got way more tools to get through them. And that's the only reason I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of a lot of other people. I see, you know, a lot of people are the same fast runner as you. They even run, if you look on their Strava, they run away faster than me. But you're mentally, you know, you figure out little strategies that are getting you through them, you know, and being able to break it down a lot. But I don't know, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's got a unique mindset, but. Oh, that's how my mind kind of functions a little bit and always seeking for more and stuff like that. Oh, mate, that sounds like a good spot to end it on. Thanks heaps for coming on, man. We ah, always talking about you. Guys. Always talking about you every week. So we, it's been I good to have a chat. I appreciate the support and that. It blows me away too, man. I don't consider myself any better than you guys, man. Like I'm just stoked. I can meet people out there like you and everyone else that's just, you know, that are willing to want to have a chat. And, and that's what I love about ultras as well. Everyone's seems like majority of the people the ego seems to have been gone i think that's what's steering people into the ultras to be honest like it's a sport where you can leave that behind like yeah there's you know you get rewarded for first second and thirds here and there but it seems to be more about the just giving it a go and you know i've never seen people cheer come in last before you know that, that people are booing you at the fights you know whereas the ultra seems like a real positive way forward i think even if you're not doing ultras, but just running and going in a few little events and stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, great chatting yours as well. We appreciate it. Yeah, you you awesome. too. Hopefully we can run with yours again soon. What are you guys doing? Uh, uh, yeah. What's, nothing, nothing really planned for the rest of the year. Well, we've me. got... Yeah. Spartan and I are doing the Mount Glorious. It's only like 23K Mount Glorious tracks race. All right. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, we're waiting... Wait and see what happens. I might, I might do the uh, Gold Coast Marathon, hit the road. Yeah, um, I've, I've just. I know that'll be the last there. big one, won't it? For most people around, I think in the running community, that'll be the last one where a lot yeah. of people head. That mm -hmm. and be you are at daybreak and stuff, but yeah, yeah, and then see what next year brings. And I wouldn't mind having another crack at another hundred, but not as hilly and uh, somewhere where I know it's going to be well marked. I'm not going to get lost. <laughs> Yes, oh yeah. I know it's hard when you go through those trials like that, and some of them, you know, dev. I'm on the shock with that too. You know, don't always download the map, you know, or download the map, but don't put on my watch or whatever, and then you're fumbling around trying to get directions. But I've kind of just learned to you just accept that I'm going to get lost sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of good runs out there anyway. Ever feel like a last one standing suffer fest, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've often because I've done the twenty-four hour mountain bike races in their loops, you know. But yeah. it's just you got to get as many as you can do in a twenty-four. And I used to do a lot of the mountain bike 
races were just like, how many laps can you get done? And if you can get oh, over yeah. the line before the six hour clock goes, you can yeah. do the next lap as well. And you'd find oh, yeah, I would be 11th and then all of a sudden I'd be fifth because everyone would go, oh, I can't bother to do one more lap, but I'd get yeah, okay. another one. So I yeah. have contemplated yeah. doing, I'd love to do a last man standing, but my missus just goes, well, you can go on your own because I'm not coming to sit there all weekend <laughs> and see yeah. how you go. <laughs> And then I've got to get these lads involved, do my brother. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you do. You get a few people that are doing it. And then, yeah. you know, get a couple of people. Like, I barely usually got crew too. But usually my wife can't come either because of the kids. And I'm always rounding up. Yeah. So I usually have one person to help me. But because I've met so many people, everyone just jumps in, man. So, like, honestly, like, if you were there and I was there, like, you know, my guy will help you. Like, everyone's pretty good like that. Well, but I'll pitch yeah. my tent next to yours then. Done. Man, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like, if you were next to me, I'd have no hesitation in helping like that. But that's, yeah. yeah, it's hard to get the help for a while. But they're a good challenge because every, you know, it's a little mm. equal playing field, you know, and you just yeah. chat and run and doing your own runs and kind of comes, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy them anyway. I know they're not for everyone, but. No, I definitely something I've, I've done that lap stuff. I'd, I'd, have, I'd like to have a crack. I said, boy, bring the boys. So just everyone bring a tent. We'll have camping. We'll have campfires. Oh, that's all camp, it is. Enjoy it. Just vibe. watch, you know. Yeah, so, they usually got fires yeah. going, you know, fires and different things like that. Steve's all right. More. Steve Woolley's got his camper trailer. He'd be like, I can, he can cook me dinner. Yeah. yeah. Some well, people have them. They're bloody sweet. I've usually only got a gazebo or a tent. I've upgraded like last two actually to a three by three and it's got the inner tent to that. And I've found that is perfect because yeah. it's like a tent, but it's a bit more room to stand, stand up. up. In yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm really loving that. I've only had that the last two races, actually, but I'll, I don't think I'll go back now. Just because so three you by three. So you do Dead Cow Gully next year again? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll do. Mm -hmm. I'll do all the normal ones I've done now, and that's yeah. the thing. All the races that I've done this year, I would still like to do next year, but I'll obviously have to mould it into the other ones that are coming up, like you yeah. know the Tennessee race, you know, slash the bloody. Um, the one in June, like normally I'd want to do the 200 miler again. And then, uh, you know, I want to have a crack at a hundred mile on the BVRT really fast, but that's also now when they've chucked in the Australian masters. So, you know, just suss out on a few of them, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's given me some motivation. I might uh, get the boys. Honestly, yeah, they're like, they're, I know they sell out fast, but if you put your wait list on and that, like they're, you know, you just, message them or whatever they usually get you you get in someone pulls out even if they say they're sold out or whatever you know i know that you know the oxley one the you know that's a nice flat course and that's an easy one to get to in brisbane and the mm. dead cow one's nice too because it's in the property and it's you know so they're they're all good but yeah and that brisbane one as well oxley i suppose you can get you can say like okay well so and so is going to come between six and twelve and then yeah going home. someone else oh, going to come yeah. later on it's easier for crewing and uh, if you need picking people up, do you know? do that like that's yeah before i drifted off before that's what i was saying like people would jump in i had one i had barbara helping me from dynamite nutrition for the when i went against kevin for the 59 laps and um yeah like by the end of the day like grant and my mate that he was running in it but then he went home and had a rest and then come back and then he started crewing me the next day and then um, other people that I've met, like Neil and all that, him and they come with his wife and they're all helping you. So, yeah, everyone helps out. You know, they start to realise you need help and there's only a few of you left, you know. Yeah, great. All right, I'll maybe I'll go for days and there. days, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> if if cameraman's there, they go on for days, yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah, might last, yeah. He only lasts like a day and a half, yeah. The organisers see him enter and go, oh, shit. 
No, but there's yeah, oh, they probably do, but they love it. But that, and then you know you got Barry and Kevin, all those guys yeah. now, because I'm and Chris, and you know they're all I've run against them, and they know they can get over the you know the 30, 40, and even Nicole, like all the you know some of the women that are starting to get strong at it. And you, oh yeah, you know they're yeah. used to it. So you just you basically you know if you sign up and they're all there, and you basically it's on you. Like is in you better be able to keep up with everyone because they're not going anywhere for at least two yeah. days. And then it just, that's your, that's what I mean. You feed off each other. Like you kind of, you're not racing against it, but then you're like, well, they're still going. I've got to keep going. So, you know, it's the same as I guess when you're out there, you're not always, you know, pushing against other people, but you use, like you said before, you use me at the BTU to get home and you use people that are in front of you and behind you or to keep, you know, still going to, I guess, push yourself faster at events. That's what I do, but you're not necessarily racing against them. You're just like, mm. well, yes, we've got to try to catch up a bit more, you know, see where they're going. And if I can run along talking to them or whatever, you know, so. <laughs> good stuff. Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah, no, all good. It was good talking to you. And hopefully, yeah, we can catch up. Yeah, for sure. Especially once you get your gym up and running, we'll um, definitely come yeah, out. definitely for come a, out for a session for, a for sure. Where are you based at? I'm in like the north side of Brizzy, like near North Lake. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's but, the only thing. I'm on the other like way down, but yeah. But yeah. my wife's family live at Moffat Beach, so we're often yeah, up okay. the coast. So it's not yeah. strange to be around that area. Not oh, we could even there. you know cat, do it one day when you know, it's not even a normal session. Just do our own session and then go for a run even or whatever. You know, go yeah, for sure. We'll all come up. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, hey, we weekend suffer fest. Strap some gloves on and strap some I'm running act- shoes on. I'm actually thinking about still before the end of the year, put this out there if you want one suffer fest. Running up and down Mount Pomona for 24 hours straight before the year's up. I've done it. I've done it this year for 20 hours straight, and it's a torture fest. I only did it. Ended up being like 47 kilometers, and it was like six thousand meters or something. But it's just like <sighs> it's it's mind mind torture. Yeah, <laughs> but you can park your car at the bottom. And you can have all your food and all that stuff there. Oh, yeah. Good idea. <laughs> Do you want a Christmas present anyway? Oh, yeah, <laughs> sounds like hell. <laughs> but i got to go um, trick-or-treating with the kids. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, enjoy. All right. I'll chat to you soon then, eh? Awesome. Thanks, cameraman. Cheers, no Ryan. Worries. Thanks, mate. Cool. Appreciate it, mate. How's that? He's cool. Yeah, mate. That, um, it's just... Uh, He's just looking at doing the hardest, craziest. Uh, I always thought when I did a 24 hour mountain bike race, people were like, Oh, yeah, you're mad. Like, yeah, but like, this just takes it to a whole new. Uh, that was over a decade ago. I was doing that, but uh, that just takes it to a whole new level, didn't it? That kind of three, three days. So he's, he's about early mid 40s. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, he's still got plenty of life left in him. Um, he's just all about his, the mental game of the running side. Of yeah, it. So he, that's he, it. He wants more of a challenge as running. He doesn't want to run a road race. Yeah, he yeah, it's that. Uh, and I understand. You know, I really enjoy that that trail running stuff. Um, and, and it I does make it more enjoyable. Long, yeah, it's like he um he just loves to just torture himself, eh? Yeah. But I like the fact that he like he's done kind of everything on his own with no help and kind of. Gone mm. against the rule book. No coach. Still, still done really well. Like he's yeah. like everyone was. Ah, oh, he's gonna break down. He's gonna break down. But he he hasn't. But like, that works for him. Yeah. That, like for some people, you know, doing that that 
lots of kilometers works for them. Some people, they might do one, like they might do one 20, 30 K run a week and a couple of, and some shorter stuff, a few tens, you know, and that's enough for them for their marathon. But you think they've got, um, he's doing a, you know, sometimes he's doing 200 K a week, but then he can go and run a 500 K over three days race, you know? Yeah. So, cause his body's used to doing it and his mind's used to doing it. I think the thing is, it's that mental toughness. You run a marathon every day. The first day it's hard. The second day it's still hard. It's still hard, but your brain goes, oh, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. So Makes I don't you wonder how out. much is all in the mind. Eh? Well, like Goggin says, you're only at 40%, didn't you? When, when you it's starting to hurt and everything else, you've only got to uh, 40%. So yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. Excellent stuff. Good shit. I've got to go. I've got to go trick or treating with the kids. Oh, I'm going to go out for a run. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. And then awesome, guys. Oh, Have a good thanks week. for that. And we'll fun. see you. Don't forget, with Red Run this Sunday, there's still places available. Get in, just, you know, whatever fundraising you can do, uh, just just uh, pledge a bit of money. Come along. It's going to be a good uh Good day, live music, free burgers, free coffee. Terror Tribe will be there with the a stand. So if you forget your socks, you could get a pair of socks. And uh, yeah, we should have a great day on Remembrance Sunday, this Sunday the 6th. Yep. Awesome. All right, cool. boys. Enjoy. We'll end it there. Catches. Right. See ya. See ya. in
my mind We should find In time Our minds They will shine With the wrong shine You can Put the time on minds Show me these Purple elephants A twisted intelligence Extension on tolerance Dimension on flowers In my mind Stop rewind Now what the fuck did you find Ain't nothing in here but why Subliminal I can't breathe I can't breathe Close your eyes Leave all your troubles behind Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me in my imagination In my imagination Close your eyes Leave all your troubles behind Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me in my imagination I'm contemplating, hesitating On exploitation, my mind, 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 mind 